Welcome, Dr. James Beckett, Sports Card Insights again here with Rich Klein. We're going to talk about another uh, departed comrade, Phil Spector, good friend to both of us and friend of everybody that knew him. Uh, a mainstay at the National and in a lot of the Philadelphia, New Jersey, East Coast area shows. Just a, a delight for, for us to catch up with him periodically. And he's gone. We don't know the cause of death, but I know personally that he'd had a heart attack many years ago, a little bit after I did. And we were in a small fraternity of, of people in the hobby that had heart attacks. And I'll tell a story about that. But first, thanks sponsors, Beckett Media, Beckett Grading, Beckett Authentication, Comsey.com, Burbank Sports Cards, Mike Stadium Sports Cards, Heritage Auctions, Huggins Scott Auctions, as well as Tops, Panini, and Upper Deck. Rich, Clyde, welcome to the show. You also knew Phil, and you worked that area a lot. And, and Phil was a larger-than-life guy in a small package. <laughs> you know, very much. And I wrote about this when I was doing the Rich's Ramblings for Sports Collectors Daily. There was a show that Phil put on. He had a timeshare in Virginia Beach. And we did a show in 1989 in Virginia Beach. We had done a show the year before. There were some local uh, New Jersey promoters. They went down, they had the show at the Scope in North, a great location, right on the, right off the highway, plenty of parking, plenty of things, really cool place to have a show. And they, they didn't want to come back. And Phil says, we, we got to, I, I'll stay at this hotel. I'll, I'll come up with something. We'll do a show. And the hobby was so hot in 1989. It's almost like today and how hot the cards were then. And the show was set up to run 10 to four dollar admission. Load in eight to ten for the dealers. A couple of hours. There was only like ten or twelve of us in the room. It wasn't a big room, but just trade before the show. If we want to buy something from somebody else, go for it. At nine fifteen, there was one small thing with that. When Phil sent it to SCD, he sent it as nine to five with free admission. <laughs> By nine fifteen, there were a hundred people lined up at the door. I kid you not. By nine thirty, this guy named Alan Miley, who was sitting across from me in the middle of the floor at a circular table. And I never saw Alan again until 4.45. <laughs> and I was so busy. I had three tables. And I just kept walking up and down the whole time, taking care of people. I had been working for Mike Gordon at the time. I brought supplies from the store. I did $800 of supplies for Mike. I did $2,200 of card sales. I generated, and I think maybe $2,000. I did a whole bunch of baseball hobby news. I think I generated for the day $3,000 worth of money coming in. On a one-day show in Virginia Beach, they were so starved for good cards there at the time. This is before Marco Roll started doing his shows, you know, in Chantilly. He had a nice store at the time, but they were so starved that we may have drawn a, a thousand people, five hundred people. I don't know who could keep count. Come on in, Rich. This sounds like the inspiration for your dot shows. Keep drive the admission down. Everybody has a good time, and the dealers that are there, not too many dealers, and enjoy. So. I think it, probably subconsciously, you're right. When I started the Adat Show, when we started the Adat Show, but it was my idea. And as I always say, it was just to make $500. It was not to end up with over 2 million cards to give away at some point. But it was basically trying to run just an old time show, have some fun. If we make some money, great. Otherwise, just enjoy yourself. No pressure. The tables are cheap. All the things that card shows should be for people. We have a couple of auction sponsors that are outstanding heritage and Huggins and Scott, but a lot of noise this year has been made by Ken Golden of Golden Auctions. And Ken Golden and Phil were really good buddies. In fact, at the very beginning roots of scoreboard with Ken and his dad, Phil was right there in the thick of it and was a vintage guy 
within that company for many years. He was one of the most profitable, if not the most profitable division of Squirtwood by himself. We talked about that. He, he was, but he wasn't scalable. I think that was ultimately what, and if Ken thinks big, and, and, and Phil was very profitable, but it just wasn't scalable. And frankly, the reason it wasn't scalable is because he had a lot of knowledge, he had a lot of passion, and he was honest. The other thing is you would have had to do something. It was that concept of making it scalable is probably 20 years ahead of its time. Right now, many of us in ComC are working remotely in the ID area. When I first came to work, I was the remote employee. Yeah. Now, not just COVID, but there are people now, it's something we can do. You can do my job from anywhere in the, co- in the country or the universe. You can yeah, do it. But, but you're dealing with the digital cards. The, the, the hats off to Ken and Phil and their relationship because it was very high trust. Now, I had high trust for you and, and our team when we were under one roof or regardless where we are. I mean, it's the character of the person. But Phil would actually buy cards on behalf of the company, go out and sell them, and then report back how much he made. And as you said, he was very profitable and it would have been really easy to skim. And I don't think he did at all. He did. It bothered him. If he was off by a dollar, it bothered him. And I'm going to say something about Kenny Golden. Kenny's gotten a lot of gruff over the years. But one time Kenny posted on Facebook when they changed the tax laws a few years ago, he wanted to get, he needed to get rid of things or donate things because it was the best year. And I wrote him and we went through it. And I had a five, I was able to verify that Adopt is a 501c. And, and I explained to him the type of prizes I needed. All these people wanted bigger prizes. I said, I'll take smaller prizes. I'm happy with smaller prizes. And I got maybe a thousand prizes worth five to $15, small graded, better players and not in off-brand grading companies, not as good cards in the real grading companies, some other things, perfect prizes for our show. They were such a hit that people wanted more of them. And Kenny, to his credit, just says, I got more of that for you. And I still got to work it out with him for a future year, but what he sent was perfect. Well, and, 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 and I really appreciate how much he did on that. Yeah, I didn't and, know that, but I'm not surprised. And again, we, it's a, we were in a great hobby and, and uh, Ken grew up in it. And I don't know that Phil was his mentor in the fullest sense, but Phil- I think his dad was a pretty good mentor. I think Ken's dad was a pretty good mentor too. His dad was a statistics professor. So we- Oh, we I never knew that. Yeah, no, at Temple. And so I knew his dad and Ken was this young guy. And then his dad passed away untimely. And then Ken was the guy. And then Phil was, he wasn't a surrogate dad, but he just was a, he, he uh, what do you think Phil was older than me? Phil was older. I believe Phil's, I believe Phil's a few years. 75 ish, you think? Yeah, maybe even 80. Yeah. He, his heart attack was after mine. And I remember his wife, who, Joni, was just a dear, a lot of fun gal. They were freaking frack sometimes. They'd be at the shows together and, and just having a good time and, and not taking things seriously. But Phil took his heart attack seriously. And I remember every time I'd see him, we'd talk about a couple things. One would be the heart attack situation because I was taking my getting back to normal very seriously. He knew that and he was concerned, but he had a different kind of response than I had in terms of he had really bad angina, the chest pressure, where he was taking the nitroglycerin pills that I also had prescribed that I never had to take because after my heart attack, I never had that, but he had it routinely. And I actually hooked him up with a this special carrier that you could have that would keep your nitroglycerin safe in your pocket. And so for many years, we'd show up at the National. It'd be almost like a quick draw contest where I'd, we'd both reach into our pockets at the same time and pull out this little case that kept your nitro, not quite hermetically sealed, but the stuff expires. And that you don't want to take those pills 
unless you're really having a problem. And he was taking them a lot, and I had a lot of concern for him. And it's there, but for the grace of God, go I, because I'm thinking, I had a heart attack. I'm glad I'm not having that. And I tried to tell him what was working for me, but he lived 20 more years. And he had some different uh, things going on. He wasn't moving that fast, but always had a smile and was just a delight to be around. One of, one of my favorites. Oh, he's on the background of a pro set hockey card. He what? He's on the background. You can see oh, him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. On the 1990-91 pro set Uwe Krupp card, <laughs> you can see both him and Joni on the back of the card. Well, you know, he is Mr. Hockey, Mr. Yeah. Hockey USA. And he, he didn't get in trouble with Gordy Howe. For being not the, in fact, Gordy got a kick out of Phil back in the day. That so Phil would say, "I'm I'm Mr. Hockey USA." <laughs> and the thing was, almost everybody on our staff had traded with Phil at some point before we came to work there. At one point, at least when I first came down there, almost everybody knew Phil Spector and very fair trader. He just loved doing it. He was fun to deal with, and we all really enjoyed knowing him. And he had so much hockey in those days that, especially I wasn't into hockey, but the hockey guys all knew Phil. Yeah. He was, and again, on the price guide stuff, I think he was very honest. So that's a huge positive, but I don't think he was very particular about condition. And I you, think that really- The old school dealer on that. Where so you it was buy, more about the card. They talk about if you buy the holder, you buy the card. The old school guys, it wasn't, they weren't in a holder. They bought the card, not the condition in many cases. He used to come up with an interesting set or two. I always used to visit him pre his heart attack when he comes to the national. Because I'd always end up buying a hockey set or two from him that I'd never seen before at a reasonable price point. Right. Some of them you ended up doing very well with. <laughs> Believe it. Yeah, but it, the, the whole thing was that he was, I've thought about how I can do an episode about this and you'd be the perfect example is that I like buying cards from people that I like. <laughs> and Phil was a very likable guy. And further, the people that I like, in many cases, leave a little money on the table. If you went to his table and said, I'm interested in this, is there any chance he would gouge you? In Not fact, I think he would be more wholesale wouldn't just give it away, but that gave you a real comfort. He understood the rarity of these things. He wasn't, he had, and he had a, a melange. He had this assortment of things that with, without cohesion in many cases, which was perfect for you and me, but he did a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And most reminds me of one of my favorite local dealers, a nice guy that I named Duke Dwyer. Duke cares about maybe five or 10% of what he puts out at a given show. And the rest he just puts out and says, and we just play. And he gives me, he tells me what my discount is and I just buy and I'm always happy to see him at the show because I always find some interesting stuff, whether it's dime stuff or five, ten dollars stuff. I always make sure that I try to hit Duke before I go to any other table at a show. What do you think? Again, this is not to be confused with the music impresario Phil Spector. Oh, we oh Grant, we, we Jeff not- Allison and I were in a car with Grant once, and Grant somehow got it into his head. Grant Sandgram, that is, got it into his head that Phil Spector, the car dealer, was the same person as Phil Spector, the record producer. And no matter what we tried to talk him out of it, he spent 20 minutes trying to convince us it was the same guy. Yeah. And being a music guy and the car guy, just, they don't even look alike. And their hair wasn't even close. No, no. But what, what is the good Phil Spector's legacy in the hobby? I think it's all you can ask for. Well-liked, good merchandise, good prices, treated everybody fair, always nice to his wife, has kids, has grandkids basically a good human being. And I think that's the only legacy we want in the hobby. We're not going to own these cards forever. And so he was a good way station for helping his generation and the next generation. And now, however he worked with Kenny is helping the next generation. We could almost say that he's a godfather of today's hobby boom of all the new money coming in. I think he was a very positive influence in Ken Golden's formation of being uh, promoting the hobby 
and also promoting the things that he had, but it, now he's auctioning off other people's stuff and getting a lot of money. But, and the other thing is Joni, when they were at shows together, it's, my theory is that it's hard to fake a good marriage in public for very long. <laughs> and so when he's at the show with his wife and he's in his own world, in his own element, and she is delighting in seeing him in that element, that's, and that's he, a real and if he got If he got it all out of control, she would get him back in a hurry to where he should be. So, yes. <laughs> but he wasn't. He was. No, I mean, but everyone, everybody has their slip ups. And if he had a minor slip up, she would just say, Phil, fix us. Yeah. And he fixed it. <laughs> so he was a mensch. He was a mensch. Yeah. That, that's a perfect word for Phil Spector. He was a mensch. That's a good one to end on. So, again, thanks, Rich, for going down memory lane with a guy that we miss who just very recently passed. We don't know. But, again, it's untimely for sure in my way of thinking because he's not that much older than me and I'm not that much older than you, Rich. We're, we're on the back half, and we want to make the most of what we have, and I think Phil did. Thanks, everybody. There'll be more info, I think, coming out as it unfolds, but uh, great chance to memorialize uh, Phil Spector, great friend. Thanks. The man-